tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. I'm Andrew Jubin. Chris Cabin. And we are We Hate Movies. How you guys doing tonight? We like V-neck t-shirts, I'll tell you that much. Are we wearing the same shirt, by the way? It's pretty damn close. That's embarrassing. You're showing way more chest fuzz. Yeah, you got more of the V-neck going. It goes all the way down to the love trail, man. The garden of Eden. Wait, wait, it does what? goes all the way down to the love trail. A.K.A. my pubic hair. Oh, I see. I was specifically talking about my pubic hair. I did. You do I'm that just, often. Uh, I'm not ignoring everybody. I'm setting my phone so it won't go off so I can have my notes ready. I'm good. This evening's film in discussion, 1993's Cliffhanger, directed by Rennie Harlan, starring Sylvester Stallone, Michael Rooker. Who else we got in this movie? John Lithgow, being John a creep. Lithgow. Oh, being a Creed. Yeah, being a Creed. Peter Creed. I was like, yeah, Peter Creed. I don't know. It's not a person. No. I mean, it might be a person. He's not in this movie. Maybe he's a namesake for the band Creed. Uh, Scott Stapp. Oh, of course. Is that him? Yeah, Scott Stapp is Creed. Uh, Aaron Lewis is a stain. (laughs) Just just to keep those separate. You want to keep it separate buckets at all times. Leon is in this film, not Jean Reno, but... The guy who was in one of the Madonna videos. Uh, he's a rapper, too, or tried to be? He tried to be a lot of things. He tried to be in Cliffhanger. That didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was in Cliffhanger. He tried to be an actor yeah. in Cliffhanger. We got a real UN situation with these, like, mounted mics. It's yeah. a real... You do. I do. I yeah. do. <laughs> it's true, too. I'm playing fast and loose. You guys are addressing some sort of world issue. <laughs> Yeah, I have to to discuss Cliffhanger. <laughs> it's atrocities presented upon the cinematic world. Uh, Rennie Harlan is the director uh, noted to make the worst Die Hard movie before 9-11. Uh, <laughs> and then after it, everything got a little... I would weird. argue that that Die Hard Presents Cybercrimes movie <laughs> is kind of okay. A Good Day to Die Hard is one of the worst things uh, I've ever seen. It is reprehensible. Like, Jay Courtney trying to be Bruce Willis, please, just don't. Is it Jay or Jai? Jai? I don't know. Matter. It doesn't he's matter. He's on um, one of those sword and sandals programs. He's also a... <laughs> he's... That's what everybody calls them. They're like, the latest sword and sandal thriller. I'm like, what? That means you're in the desert and you're fighting things. 
You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's a sword, like a Spartacus. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's not really the desert, but that's a sword and sandal thriller. You know what I've been seeing a lot this year that I don't like? Comic book actioneer. You can keep that shit. Like, uh, like, like Iron Man 3 is a comic book actioneer? Actioneer. It's a comic book movie. Let's just fucking... Well, what, this is what a, a rock climbing action year. It's an action year about uh, set in the rock climbing industry. Now with forty percent more belaying action. <laughs> I, have a, I have a quick. I'm sorry, but I have, I have a really important thing that I want to address right up front. This movie's rolling along, and it's like beautiful music, and who cares? And it's a cliffhanger, directed by Renny Harlan, Sylvester Stallone. John Lithgow, all these people going through, right? And then it gets to a special appearance by Paul Winfield. (laughs) Who the fuck cares? (laughs) He did the voice of Lucius Sweet on The Simpsons. He's in Star Trek Wrath of Khan, but it's like, he's in it just as much as anybody else. He he does nothing in the movie. He has three scenes, and one of them's just him yelling at somebody in a helicopter. (laughs) I mean, that means he's got a damn good agent. Like, no, 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 it's a special appearance. But you don't do anything. There's it's nothing a, special about no. your appearance. It's a special appearance. <laughs> oh, no, oh, really? Paul oh, Winfield. Hey, Khan, who's Khan? He's dead. I shouldn't do that. Is he dead? <laughs> oh, that's just, that's just fucking... Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, Thanks. I mean, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So, this movie opens with uh, everybody's in a helicopter, uh, the woman from Northern Exposure, whatever her Fine, name I'm is. Fine, I'm doing it. God damn it, that's who she was. Yeah. She's <laughs> killing me. Yeah, and, and, then, and some Thank old you. sack of crap is flying the helicopter, and they're like the rescue team to, uh, apparently Michael Rooker got up to no good last night, and him and his lady tried to climb a rock unsupervised. Well, no, I think it's a thing where Rooker's kind of in with this lady. Yeah. And he's like, hey, want to come up here? I'll show you how to rock climb. <laughs> and, and she's like, well, you know, you were inside me last night, so it's the least I can do. But she's untrained. It's very important. She's an untrained, unskilled rock climber. She's a novice, and you're starting her out on Widow's Peak. I don't get it. <laughs> That's a real telltale sign you probably shouldn't be starting out on that mountain. <laughs> and, you know, they get up there and they're like, oh, because Rooker's part of the gang, you know what I mean? So everybody, Stallone gets up and they're like, oh, you shouldn't. Like, it's a lot of, like, they, they heavy, they front load the banter so much to make sure everybody's friends is like, oh, remember that time I got drunk? Or whatever. <laughs> my voice just dropped out. What was that? <laughs> I just lost oh, my an voice. An angel came in and went, whoa. <laughs> 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 just happened. Well, it's almost too, it's almost too close. Like the whole like thing in the beginning, because the uh, pilot, the the, the dead second. meat dead meat pilot, this yeah. old bastard, this bastard uh, Michael he looks Rooker, like Cassell. he does look like Seymour but Cassell. It's not, it's not him. That would bring this movie up a little bit. It would be great if he did watch him die. Let's but not uh, get nuts. Uh, but. Michael Rooker and Sarah, who is uh, his lady friend, they're just talking about how they had this wild night in this like hotel room somewhere, and the helicopter pilot's like, hey, I know what they're talking about. <laughs> you think this was a stoned idea went wrong? You think that's what it is? Like yeah. It's like 6 o'clock in the morning, instead of going to a diner, they went rock climbing? Oh man, you know what I would love to do right now? <laughs> What, pancakes? No, hear me out. It's <laughs> a terrible idea. They just, you're probably right. They're yeah. just listening to John Denver rocking out at night. You know what? I got an idea. <laughs> Thank 
you, Mr. Denver. <laughs> so it's like, like and then him, like rock jock, and she's like, mm, I'd recognize that butt anyway <laughs> from a fucking helicopter. You recognize that butt? Stop it. And so Stallone's like, all right, we're going to get you out of here. It's going to be super simple. Don't worry about it. This guy over here pulled his leg. And, like, McRuckin's like, ha, 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 ha. And, like, we're d- basically, we're just going to go across one peak to the next, mm-hmm. put a big old fucking cable, and we're going to slide him across. And, like, Michael Rooker's still being a dick. Like, imagine going on a date with somebody, and you're a novice rock climber. This guy fucking says, don't worry, everything's going to be fine, and a helicopter has to rescue you. <laughs> I am never going to see Michael Rooker again. Absolutely not. I mean, he's a, he's a one-and-done date, though, Michael Rooker, just in general, I think. I think in, in most situations, Michael Rooker's one-and-done. I love Michael Rooker, sure. but I wouldn't go out to dinner with Michael Rooker more than one time. <laughs> he's received quite a lot of fake numbers, I feel. Because <laughs> he's probably... Probably gonna stick you with the bill. Oh, absolutely. Especially the bar tab. (laughs) (laughs) He keeps talking about the walking dead money that's supposedly supposed to show up. It doesn't. Look, I promise they're gonna figure out a way to get me in the fourth season. I'm not being a ghost. Spoiler alert. I'm not being a ghost. (laughs) It's fine. It's more of a show than that. (laughs) So he gets, yeah, there's more than Michael Rooker, thank God. So he gets on. And like he's like kind of being a dick, like your dad shaking the Ferris wheel. He's like, oh no, it's a mistake. He's like, no, I'm fine. And he goes, he goes across fine. And they're like, all right, Sarah. He's like, all right, Sarah, you're just gonna get on here. It's gonna be totally fine. Don't worry. You keep looking at me. Why don't I look at your meat face while I'm doing this? No, I just I would rather look at the ground. Because Absolutely. It's like it's either look down at my death or look at the. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, you're doing great. And then you can't look if she's like back. You know, there's Michael Rooker, like, <laughs> shaking the rope. I mean, this woman's fucked anyway she goes. Don't worry, I have all the technical expertise needed to do this. I tied these knots. I did the equation myself. Just keep looking at my dead eyes. Right. Sarah, what you need to understand about rock climbing, it's like 10% muscle, 90% arithmetic. <laughs> I feel that. You need to know to get from this peak to that helicopter <laughs> so she gets on, and of course she's gonna die. Like it's it's it's, it's, a, it's the beginning of an action movie. Something bad's gonna happen, and the music is really pleasant at first, and gets really fucking tense once he loops her up. So it's like, uh oh. Well, because Mr. Mittens dies first. <laughs> yeah. She has a stuffed animal, and you watch the stuffed animal plummet to its death in the Rocky Mountains. I think that's where. Ace Ventura, when Nature yep. Calls, got the idea for the raccoon parody. That parody scene is more famous than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so her shit starts breaking, and like Michael Rooker's like, don't worry, the lines... Like, there's something about, like, he doesn't want Sylvester alone to go out and get her, right? He's like, no, they, they can't hold two people, Sly! Or no, his name is Gabe. Like, he's Gabe fucking Kaplan. Sylvester Stallone. Figure that shit out. <laughs> I promise, Mr. Goddamn, I'm just gonna get over to the helicopter <laughs> Like, that wasn't how Gabe Kaplan sounded on that show. That was John Travolta. Yeah. He was all like, "Wah!" That's my Gabe Kaplan. Gabe Kaplan is suspiciously close to your penguin. <laughs> but it's all totally... I think he's dead, too. No, Gabe Kaplan's not dead. No, he's doing poker shows. Who not died? Not. Oh, he might as well be dead, then. Horshack's dead, I think. Oh, Horshack yeah. passed away. In a non-cocaine-related incident. That's <laughs> <laughs> So she's trying to not die, and Sylvester Stallone like hooks himself onto this thing, and he's going across, and Michael Rooker's like, "No, just tell her to go back." <laughs> and he's like, "No, this will be even better." 
And he goes out there. Like, come on, let's. She fucking falls. Like, yep. it's the all like he's holding her. He's got her gloves. Falling. Yeah. These poor mittens really working overtime, mm-hmm. and it's, she just dies. And Michael Rooker gives one of the best. I fucking hate you forever. Looks you've ever seen in a movie. It's like instant enemies. Because yep. they were they were best buds five minutes ago. They were best buds, and he knew that chick for twenty three hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just like, oh fuck, I'm going to jail. I hate your guts. It's like, no, you are probably gonna go to jail. And then we go eight months later, and Sylvester Stallone is having all these man feelings because he killed this woman, and he's like driving around. Well, I think those are probably just feelings. <laughs> no. When, man, woman, or dog. When you when you leave town because you're so distraught about shit, that's uh-huh. man feelings. Like that you you get a farm somewhere, you start splitting wood. So there's never been a lady who's like bummed out about responsible being responsible for someone's death and leaves town. I don't it's th- strictly a dude thing. It's strictly a man feeling. Okay. I think it's the brooding that does it. Really. Yeah. It's oh, just, I mean, yeah. There's the, brooding. The silent oh, brooding is what you're Bruce Wayne brooding. Yeah, exactly. He's like Batman. Yeah, I know what Batman is. <laughs> His face just went dead, and I have no idea what was wrong with what I said to him. Well, I thought you were talking about because later in this movie there is a Bruce Wayne moment. There's a couple of Bruce. We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. Point out your Bruce Wayne. Okay. They might be the same one. So he's driving without music because he's having man feelings. He's driving into town <laughs> and he's just like, oh man, I can't believe I did this. So he shows up to his girlfriend's house, North Exposure Woman. He's like, I know I've been gone for eight months and I never said anything, but uh, do you want to come with me to Denver? And she's like, fuck you, where have you been? <laughs> you didn't call? We've got this horse farm. <laughs> I've been tending to rattles every day. <laughs> I've never tended to a horse before. Again, me- regular feelings, you say, hey, look, babe, I gotta get out of town. Things are too heavy. Man feelings, you get the fuck out of town. You don't tell anybody about anything. Because everyone's. Mind taking care of those horses. <laughs> I left 20 bucks for horse food for eight months. <laughs> I should have taken care of it. He just. He tapes a note to the horse, take care. <laughs> And 20 bucks won't supplement people food, so maybe the horse can become people food if the horse runs out of horse food. Yeah, I did the arithmetic. She'll understand. So basically, he's like, uh, she's like, oh, you're back, father. Like, no, I'm just trying to pick you up, and if not, I'll pick up my stuff. It's like a real. He's got a plan B that he switches to immediately. Yep. He's like, I'm not going to go with you. He's like, can I get my guitar? Like it's just, <laughs> he's, he's probably got an acoustic guitar. Yeah, exactly. It's right next to his stack of country music tapes that he's been learning how to play. Uh, do you have my Raiders jersey? No, uh, I've got another one. Uh, oh, the horse is wearing it? <laughs> By the way, when he's rolling into the, the town, there's a couple of dudes that roll oh, up. Oh, yeah. These are what we... Classified in the show as classic dead meat characters. Oh, most definitely. They're just like two, like, oh, hey, Sly, where you been? They're like the like kids from uh, Mark Hamill's summer school. Yes! yes it's, oh it God. looks exactly like Chainsaw the horse. Yeah. and the other one? Yeah. <laughs> and they're wearing all sorts of neon, and they're like, Gabe, we haven't scaled the rock in a while. <laughs> what happened? Uh, what's the Mountain Dew? <laughs> And he's just like, hey, I have it because I killed someone. You may have heard about it. She fell off of a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, 
I got like a pretty good outline for a novel because I'm having man feelings on my ranch. <laughs> Quick question, chainsaw and boner. How many chapters do you think is acceptable for romantic yet adventurous rock climbing? <laughs> if, if the answer is three, you get the free copy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think I might end it with a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, basically, we, we intercut this with, uh, what's his face? Uh, we're, what, we're the National Treasury in, like, Denver or something like yeah, that. The, we're the, yeah. the, the lucky Denver Mint. That's we, uh, where they're coming from. And we start our special appearance by Paul Winfield. <laughs> Everyone applauds. <laughs> it's Paul Winfield! Finally! I'm just sitting there, just tapping my fucking fingers with the wall with special appearance. And my, everybody's favorite character is a man named Travers. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. kind of looks like Major Dad if he had a fucking hangover. He looks like that. I mean, yes. But people might not remember me. That is incredible. Isn't everybody 40? <laughs> he looks exactly like television's Dr. Phil. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yes, that is more well. apt reference for sure. Television and print media's Dr. Phil. <laughs> and he's a fucking surly motherfucker, isn't he? Yeah, uh-huh. he's he's there's like a couple of YouTube reels of like him using goddamn and fuck and they just edit together every single one. Oh, it's a treasure. Cuz he I mean he and he's the guy on the inside. So basically we're going up into a plane. We're taking Three suitcases full of thousand dollar bills. <laughs> Totaling one hundred million dollars. And we're gonna fly them from the Denver Mint to something that doesn't really matter. They're not getting it. It's not gonna get there, point. But it's one of those like, uh, hey Travers, here's this new hot up-and-comer who's gonna come with you. Do you mind? And in the greatest bidding act of acting ever, this guy is like no. <laughs> I suppose that's okay. And then Paul Winfield's like, well, good, it should be. So they take off in this plane, and it's this dude, Travers, a couple of other agents, and this, this new guy, and then two pilots flying this thing. And the guy starts saying something about, like, oh, there's a plane there, and it's like, it's all very, it's like an armored car of the skies, is the yeah. situation, as best the movie explains yeah. it to you. And it's a lot of like, boy, sure hope we don't get robbed up here. <laughs> and they see like an incoming plane, and this new guy is like, well, say, that looks like it's coming awfully close. And Travers is like, don't worry about it. I'm sure it's not a robber. I'm not an inside agent at all. And then little fingers on there, who is Bane? No, it's like, it's like, <laughs> My wife pointed that out. She goes, this sequence is totally from Dark Knight Rises. Absolutely. And it is. Well, it also laid the ground for the Eraser uh, airborne massacre scene. Oh, you're right. And Air Force One, I feel. Someone has some splaining to do. So basically what you're going to... Whether it be Christopher Nolan or the fellow who directed Eraser. Who knows who that is. I don't know. That guy's dead anyway. Uh, (laughs) They're all dead. General assumption. Uh, You don't know what they've been up to in the past 10 years. They're probably dead. (laughs) Most must be dead. They're Hollywood dead. So like the guy's like, oh, I think we're getting robbed. And Travis is like, you're goddamn right we are. And he blows everybody to shit. And then like the pilot's like... And now we're all in on it. You open the cargo door. We got. We're connecting a rope to one plane to the other, and we're fucking moving these million-dollar 
fucking suitcases. Super suitcases. Super su- yeah. They are su- they're like su- they're like real suitcases. Yeah, it's not just like going to work. It's no. like a real this is a suitcase. It's a suitcase for the government. <laughs> there's, a, there's a biological weapon in the suitcase. It's so much of a suitcase you wouldn't even want to put a suit in it. You know what I mean? Like you'd feel like you'd be wasting it by putting a suit inside. Oh my god, there's a suitcase and a deodorant. That's just a waste. And you know, yeah, right. <laughs> I thought you had some. No, I wasn't. I was all right. That's on me. That's on okay. Me. Right. So basically, what happens is the guy that one of the guys wakes up and like. Shoots everybody and like it fucks up the whole thing and all these suitcases fall down in between the two planes on the Rocky Mountains and like oh my god how do we get them and John Lithgow by the way <laughs> is the super terrorist on the other plane and he is none too pleased about this development no, he's none too pleased and because of this his English accent just starts going wild <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this thing is supposed to be it's kind of Sherlock Holmes it's, maybe it's like a Sherlock Holmes with a Hans Gruber there's a lot of Hans Gruber going into this thing I yeah, feel yeah there is yeah I feel like and he's just barking at everybody, like, oh, he pushes somebody right out the plane just because they got nicked in the knee or something. Well, this whole sequence is fantastic because we have our good friend Travers who goes across first, and John Lithgow is just like, Well, say now, why didn't you bring the suitcases first? And he's like, Well, I don't know, I'm Travers, I'm terrible at this. Nope. <laughs> Travers is the only one who has his number because he's like, You would have shot me if I came by second. Right, also, by the way, this is an early 90s super thriller, so these suitcases all have codes to them. Of course, oh, yeah. And a tracking device. It's and something, it. so, oh, these codes change 50,000 times every 13 minutes or. Something impossible. Yeah, Dr. Phil knows everything right up here. And he's like, well, I got the fucking code, so if you need him, you're going to need me. If I'm going to go into super crime, right, I want to trust who I'm with. I don't want to have these moments where I'm like, well, he's just going to blow my brains out. Then I'm not going to do the fucking thing. Now, here's a quick side development, though, that would make Travers completely unneeded, is that when these planes fall, or these suitcases fall from the plane, one of them... Two of them break open on impact, and Sylvester Stallone cracks open another one with a rock. (laughs) So I don't know what you need the fucking codes for. If a man can go, and it opens, whatever. Maybe it's like one of those suitcases from Blade where you have to like bleed into it for it to open. Oh, that might be. That might be it. Yeah, maybe that's why he has the rock. He just crushes his hand. It does it like the sharper image. Yeah, or Brookstone. Brookstone probably has it. Yeah, but you gotta. If anyone's gonna carry blood activated devices, Brookstone. Fucking crooks. So, I mean, basically, he's like, all right, let's go down and get these fucking suitcases. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll pull off to the side of the road and see where we lost our map, essentially, what this is. <laughs> and they, they, they have a very smart move, though. They call, they call for help because their, their plane crashes because they got all shut up by this other guy. Right, so they don't know how to navigate the mountains. They're up pretty high, so there's snow at this point and all sorts of shit. So they radio for help so that these guys will come and help them, and then they'll... Kill them, or I th- that's the general idea. Yeah, yeah. So they radio in, you know, we need help. Who knows how to get up here? And of course, of course, there's a storm coming. Of course, yeah. Oh, the, the, okay. that happens. Well, you can't do clearly. this on a nice day. There's got to be a fucking storm rolling in. I mean, just do your checklist, right? It's Celestial's day off, check. Somebody's already been dead and he's got grief, check. There's a storm coming in, check. Yep. 
You got Michael Rooker, that's a half check. <laughs> half check. He specifically doesn't want to return to work. Uh-huh. Correct. So, so Sylvester Stallone is not going to go back on the mountain. And they're like, well, listen, you're the best guy we have. Yeah, You've got to come out and help Michael Rooker. And he's like, well, he eats my fucking guts. It would be an awkward time, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, awkwardness aside, there's some people trapped. It's our job to help them. And, you know, you once fought on the side of good, you lazy prick. Why don't you come up and help us? Yeah, but I got this album that I've been writing. I don't know if I should do that. It's like, I'm almost done with it, really. It's also called Cliffhanger. <laughs> so he agrees to go. And he meets Michael Rooker on the uh, on the rock. And, you know, Michael Rooker's like, God damn it, why are you up here? You know, you fucking killed my girlfriend. And he never goes around and goes like, I'm not the one that Ted kennedy this chick, pal, all right? You know what? This one was your responsibility. And I'm just the guy that tried to save her as best I could. I uh, don't do well in snow. <laughs> oh, no, the car's going out of control. This girl's going to die in a lake. Uh-oh, the car's the problem. This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now. Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25. And for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction. and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time. And the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com WHM today to get 10% off your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash W-H-M. I am a uh, fantastic swimmer. <laughs> He's dead, too. It's, uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, let's just rack him up. <laughs> so they're climbing up, and they're not going to settle their differences, and Michael Rooker's okay with that because he doesn't want to, and Sylvester Stallone's like, well, it'll be inspiration for my album, so it's fine. <laughs> and uh, so they just start scaling this thing, and they reach John Lithgow and the rest of the Care Bears. Hello! And he's got this gun, and they're like, oh, fuck. And the, the idea is like, you're going to go fetch my millions. I'm going to sit here while you fetch my millions. And it's just very intense. Well, it's, it's, it is it's very intense. It's quite intense. There's a thing where he keeps on referring to dog things with him. He's like, put that puppy on a leash. <laughs> and it's about, other than the fetch, and then he's like, oh, like, well, he doesn't make any kibble and bits jokes, but. It reminded me of, uh, what's that Bob Hoskins and Jet Li movie? Where he's like. Where he's Unleashed like, is the film. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Where Bob Hoskins is just like this fat prick, and he's like, daddy, the dog! Get my dog! That's what this is like. He thinks Asian people are dogs, which is just totally wrong. Thanks for pointing that out. I wanted to, I didn't want to say what out there was confused. I didn't want to leave that to chance. But you know what's good about it is that blind Morgan Freeman doesn't have a problem with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's where that's where I would have remembered Unleashed. So basically, uh, Travers not only has a mustache but a PKE meter, and it's like, all right, I can see where all these fucking these goddamn fucking money is, and he's like, so everything he says is. A curse word or a swear. It's every every time he started to see, he stubbed his toe. Like, fuck, fuck, fuck! I just got your money's up there. This guy is having the worst day, <laughs> day. <laughs> and it's fantastic. Well, it sucks because there are a lot of scenes where he's not in, and I imagine in every scene that he's not in, he's off screen having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Travers, the camera isn't on you. No, I don't so they get to the first peak, and he's like, all right, Stallone, go up there by yourself. And when you get up there, you better bring down my monies. And he gets up there, and for whatever reason, John Lithgow has no reason to say this. He's like, we don't need two mountain climbers. When he returns, retire him. <laughs> retire, which is so great. And like Michael Rooker, of course, is like, come on, Stallone, they're going to fucking kill you. And he's like, oh, thanks for the tip. And he, you know. <laughs> Maybe you know, I my gut so much after all. Perhaps when this is all over, we'll have forgiven each other. That, that's kind of the funny underlying thing about this movie is... That this they used to be they used to be great friends. He had this great relationship. Everything was wrong, and this is kind of the best thing that could have happened in that. It really <laughs> yeah. is. It's a blessing. It, it, it's a stitch job. There you go. Right back up. And do you think? Well, do you think Stallone would want to make it a duo then, a, a folk duo for his album? <laughs> hey, uh, Rooker, you know how to play the tambourine or what? <laughs> You got a suit of pipes, I bet. So what, what they do to, like, the insurance policy here is that Lithgow makes Michael Rooker tie a rope around Sly's leg. So it's basically like, well, if he tries to get away, I'll just tug on this rope. It's <laughs> <laughs> more dastardly. Is the twisting, that mus- twisting that mustache, for sure. So Stallone breaks open the suitcase and just throws all this fucking money off the cliff. And he's like, well, son of a bitch, kill him. And so they're trying to tug him, and this guy's like firing a shotgun. <laughs> And an avalanche happens. It's the biggest, well, no shit avalanche I've ever seen. In a movie. And they're all standing there, like, "Well, what just happened?" <laughs> the mountain 
live. <laughs> and then one of the most impossible things in this movie, Sylvester Stallone leans up against the mountain like this and dodges the avalanche. <laughs> and like all the snow and rocks and horror like fall down in front of him, and then he's like, <laughs> it was close, right? <laughs> And a bunch of dudes go off in the process, which is great. There's a lot of awesome deaths in this. I mean, it's really Rambo on a mountain. Like, you know, oh, yeah, it's, it's 100% Rambo on a mountain. Or First Blood is on a mountain, I should say. Yeah, please. That's so. the first film, and that's what that was. We don't want to lost. <laughs> now you're just thinking about Rambo? <laughs> just, just lost in Rambo? Oh, just thinking about my own... I had my own man feelings for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's basically... Point, then you realize what this movie is going to be, right? And it's a lot of like, we're going to run into a problem, there's going to be a bunch of gunfire, another fucking hoodlum is going to fall off the mountain, and then there's going to be these far away, like, beautiful Lord of the Rings-esque <laughs> shots of them walking on the top of a snowy cliff. Yeah. And that's what, what happens. And in the, in the meantime, we've got our everybody's favorite people back at the, the U.S. government they realize something's happened. They are so far behind this movie. It's so far behind, you might as well be in the prequel to Cliffhanger. <laughs> they might as well be watching First Blood, you know, like at that point. So Paul Winfield's like, well, I gotta get a team together, we're gonna go out there, we're gonna figure out what's going on. So it's him, Zach Grenier, who's a character actor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Been in a, a couple of different things. We're playing like a... Puny stuff shirt and almost everything. He's a pencil pusher. And they, I, they, I, by the way, I don't know where they're having this conversation because it, it looks like it must be in an airport because they're just having this conversation in the middle of one of those middle walkways. Is it is, an airport? It's the Denver International oh, okay. Airport. I thought it was the Mint. And they just had those in there. No, no, no. no. Oh, they didn't have those in the Mint. No, it's it. that big of an office. <laughs> Nobody does their own walking at the Denver Mint. It's all on the moving walkways. It's a great benefit. There's a great uh, scene in this movie where it's like so when Sylvester Stallone realizes what's going on, his lady friend eventually gets up there to help out and everything. And they, they realize, the terrorists realize Sylvester Stallone is on to him. They think that he's killed in the Yeah, they always do that. So they reach the second suitcase that's just been broken open already. And they realize that someone's up here to cause them some trouble because they come around this corner and there, Sylvester Stallone has made a snowman <laughs> and stuck all the money all over it, kind of thing. Well, it's so ridiculous, because how did he have the time? Like, you, you are running for your life. <laughs> you're like, some second-to-second second shit. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you know what would be great? Fucking snowman. <laughs> and she's like, do you think we should do it, too? <laughs> Probably just work. <laughs> but I like the way you think. But also, that really doesn't ruin the money. You could just pick the money out of there. There then. is no time to pick up the money with these people. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get if it. If there was like $30 million hanging out of a snowman's bottom ball, <laughs> I would take oh, the time to pick it up. Just stuff it in any fucking pocket I had. Thousand dollar bills. <laughs> They're like, well, this one's clearly ruined. I hope the next suitcase hasn't broken open on Just invest in some snow pants and fucking do it already. One of the greatest Travers moments happens here, though, because he gets so goddamn fucking pissed at this snowman. I've never seen someone punch a snowman in the face before. <laughs> this guy, like, right crosses this poor snowman and lift out. It's just like, well, someone's getting frustrated. <laughs> 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 That's why John Lithgow impression. It's a lot of that. 
waving around that hair that's not there. <laughs> just flowing in the wind, nothing. Just absolutely nothing. And we're picking off our, our super goons. One of them is kind of hilarious. He's got he's kind of like James Gum. He's got these night vision goggles. Dude, I was yeah. just watching Silence of the Lambs before we came over here. That's it's a better movie. It's a much better film. <laughs> Goddamn right it is. We just got to that part, too. You were helping with this couch. <laughs> is she a great big fat person? You were size 14. <laughs> no, you hurt my dog. <laughs> So he's, he's got these night vision goggles. And like he, uh, Stallone puts a flare in there and he's like, Ass! like he turns into a vampire. Like it's like, I understand that night vision goggles, you know, make light much more intense. Not unlike that. And uh, the, the flare makes him go, like he's like, Ass! it's like he's a gremlin. He's like, Ass! and they kind of get into this fist fight and then an amazing thing happens. Sylvester Stallone starts sleigh riding on this man's body down in <laughs> And they're fighting, and he's like, go, it's like, they go so far, it's like that scene in Christmas Vacation where Chevy Chase grasses up yep. that fucking train, and he's going across the highway. Like, he, he is riding this man like a lubed up piece of wood. To death. He, he's riding him to death. There's one point where they flip over, and now he's riding <laughs> And they fight that way, losing no momentum the entire time, by the way. That would actually, that's the one thing that would have made Batman Begins better. Is if Ross <laughs> Al Ghul and Christian Bale just rid each other. You're going to ride me to the bottom. <laughs> so then, this and dude shoots off this cliff. And Stallone kind of like puts his like pointy boot feet into the snow or whatever happens. Yeah, he's got like rock climbing boots that have like spikes on them, which are pretty badass. They're pretty cool. Yeah, they are. Probably pretty helpful for ice rock climbing. And murdering people. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly adept at that. <laughs> and all the time his girlfriend's up there like, oh, I hope I don't get kidnapped eventually. <laughs> Go ahead and put a little damper on this weekend. <laughs> this white weekend up here at Widow's Peak. So that guy goes off and dies. And it's a great, like, Lithgow just looking like, well, there's another one. He should have hired more people. <laughs> right from the bat, you realize that Lithgow is not really the best boss in the world, right? Like, he does not care about his employees. No. He doesn't well, care who makes it, who doesn't. He just wants his millions of dollars. He just doesn't have an HR representative, and that's really what you want as a super criminal. Well, he's a weird kind of super criminal, because they mentioned something about how, I guess because these are $1,000 bills, <laughs> you can't use them anywhere. They say it's, like in a, it's a denomination, you can't you know, exchange them or whatever. But John Lithgow is such a powerful super criminal that he knows someone who will let him spend this money and turn it into diamonds or gold doubloons or whatever, more things you can't spend at a bodega. Like, <laughs> so what, like the Monopoly man? It's, uh, yeah, because he's kind of just walking around with funny money. Yeah. It's $100 million of fucking pink and blue bills. <laughs> I don't get finance. <laughs> I don't think you need to get no finance to understand you can't use thousand dollar bills. Okay, fair enough. And so basically, at this point, it's really weird. This movie, the the henchmen usually in the beginning, it's like I've got Rocco here and this one, and then you introduce them. But everyone kind of only makes their presence known after the last one dies, and it's like, well, I'm not going to make the same mistake he is. And I, here's my character trait. 
So Leon's kid, they're kind of like they're like you know uh, uh, respectful ninjas in that way, right? Yeah. Like, you always see in the movies like a dude like Jackie Chan's got to fight off all these ninjas or uh, gangsters or whatever, but they'll only go at Jackie one at a time. Yeah, yeah. sure. It's like they're only gonna come at Stallone one at a time. So you know the next dude's on deck. Like all right, as soon as. Hugo gets chucked off his mountain top. <laughs> I'm up. Is Leon next? I, yeah, Leon's, Leon's next. next. Which oh. Is, oh, sweet God. <laughs> this movie's amazing. So, I mean, but what we're not covering is 40 minutes of running around a mountain and trying to climb cliffs. I mean, it's, who cares this shit, right? Yeah. And, uh, unless anyone's a, you know, rock climbing expert. <laughs> we're not talking about the rock climbing. <laughs> what kind of belay is he using? <laughs> what about $8 back? So, Stallone's in this cave, and like he's got one of the suitcases, or he's on his way. No, he's got one of the suitcases, and Leon knows that he's in this cave, and John Lithgow's like, blow the whole cave! And he's like, well, I'm going to go there and try and kill him and get the money. And he's like, no, blow the whole cave! Which, not learning his lesson from the first time they crossed the avalanche. <laughs> it was only 20 minutes ago. Well, it's funny, because you say like they're coming out and like ninjas. It is like that, except for they all have semi-automatic weapons, <laughs> explosives, yeah. knives, this big and they're all cursing up a blue streak too which I've never known a ninja to do this movie should be rated PG-13 except for the fucking potty mouth man it's just it's nuts but where would we be if we didn't have Trapper's potty mouth <laughs> Goddamn fucking fuck shit oh shit he was just walking around like the same same demeanor same like easily aggravated like, oh shut stupid just like getting a fucking Christmas present for the like, kids have you ever done a party at your friend's house when you're in like, high school and you break a vase and the whole time like, god damn fuck fuck and you're like well it's not gonna help you know it's broken it's like, but my dad's coming back on Monday and it's like I know but fuck 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 and it's like just relax man I've never done that never done that <laughs> solo experience then it was a nice vase. <laughs> it was a nice vase. <laughs> Pier was one import. Someone's ashes in this vase. Was it that nice of a vase? It was not the film Meet the Parents. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's good. So Leon's gonna come down to this cave and like Stallone's got it all ready for him. He's got some traps. He's got some traps. Well, I guess he tries to burrow out of it. <laughs> yeah, he's like a groundhog. <laughs> They, they're climbing up this thing. He's like, yeah, I think you see the sky. Or at least I hope so. And he burrows out. And Leon is standing there like, I got you, motherfucker! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and he falls back down, and this dude, like, jumps down. And they have a big karate fight. Leon's a karate master. He kicks the shit out of him. It's fantastic. It's really great. It's he fantastic. really learns he's not the king of the mountain. No. And it's from, like, a, a relatively skinny guy versus muscly Stallone. It's, oh, yeah. It's no, jump he's, kicking. He's it's all kinds of stuff. He's taller than Stallone. Yeah, right? that's true. He's got a lot of reach. What the thing is, he does yeah, yeah, you're right. Good, good, good reach, and like the girlfriend's like, I'm gonna fight, and she gets hit. Like, I hope I don't get kidnapped eventually. <laughs> I'll just be over here nursing my skull, <laughs> not getting kidnapped. Is there plenty of room behind me to get the chloroform? Okay, good. <laughs> I want to make things as easy on the own as possible because there's no way Sylvester Stallone is. We this. we got plenty of rope. Don't worry, we're all rock climbing today, so plenty of rope if you need it. And then. The most amazing scene in this movie happens. They're fighting, and it's like Stallone's about to lose, and then Leon somehow slips up, and Sylvester Stallone, Undertaker body presses this man up into a stalactite. <laughs> and this motherfucker gets like the alien baby out of his body, and it's 
gruesomely awesome. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, if he wasn't dying from the, being impaled by the stalactite, he would die of shock. Like, really? Like, how? <laughs> Just like, oh my god! I never thought I'd see this ever! <laughs> This was not my possible dip at all. <laughs> not what you expected when you hijacked that plane. No. Is that some fucking meathead's gonna be- bench press me into a stalactite, <laughs> thus ending my life? The dialogue in this fight scene is great too, because it's it's Leon being like, "Where's that money?" Yeah, and he's like, "Uh, I burned it," which is true because they had to sleep in an ice cave and he used the money to start a fire. Now. I get it's probably pretty cold semester's alone. Well, you know it's not cheap studio time. Okay, you need to hire the engineer. You gotta rent this fucking space. You need musicians to back you up. If you ever think for a second you're gonna get this phone record out, why don't you pocket a little of that before you fucking burn it? And doesn't he have a line about it too? He's like, oh, I guess I'm just burning a hole in my pocket. Yeah, he does say he's burning a hole in his pocket. You know what, Andrew? Go try and break a thousand dollar bill at a Sam Ash. I dare you. You go try and break a hundred. It's not going to happen. At a Sam Ash? Yeah, they'll probably take it. Leon's dead. They climb out of this thing. And at this point, for no reason, the next guy on deck is like, Thank God they killed this British guy. Thank God they killed that black bastard. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> wait a second, you guys are teammates. <laughs> Who are you? Why are you racist all of a sudden? He, he's magically racist too. And I think it's a thing where he knows that Leon is dead. So he's like, well, fire him. Well, I can break it out. He softballed it earlier. He called oh, him. Did he? he called him boy at one point. Oh yeah. yeah that's so he's a softball. Like, and like Lithgow had to like put him in the corners. Now I said. As long as he's alive, there'll be no racist comments in my house. Keep your boys to yourself. I'm sorry, Leo. It's very unprofessional. And he's the British guy now, and he's like fucking with Michael Rucker. He's calling him all sorts of shit. He's like, you're probably Jewish. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, he's talking, he, says, he says something. He's like, look at that curly hair. What's that supposed to be? <laughs> wow, this guy is a hateful son of a bitch out of nowhere. And he'll, if, he'll, if you're going to have a hateful son of a bitch, I need that dude front and center. First and note. First note is what I want. I don't need surprise racism in some rock climbing movies. Especially John Lithgow running around. No, and if anyone, by the way, if anyone's going to be oh, a yeah. secret racist, it's John Lithgow. Yeah, Not some other guy who I don't know. Jeeves. No, Jeeves. Uh, no, no, not at all. I don't remember what he said. Maybe. I go from Jeeves to Kevin. So Horatio, maybe. Everyone in the mountain rescue of four people is on the mountain except for kindly old... I think his name is Frank. Is yeah, Frank. He's Frank. the old guy, the old sack of shit, dead meat. He was, like, painting pictures like an autistic... Like, they're really terrible oh, paintings. He's an autistic kid's paint, though. Because they're... Oh, come on. Because <laughs> at one point, Michael Rivers like, Hey, Frank, what's that supposed to be? And he's like, Well, uh, you know how monkeys like to eat bananas? And he's like, Well, yeah. And he goes, uh, Well, this is a picture of a, of a banana eating a monkey. <laughs> and then Walker's just like, You fly our helicopter, how? <laughs> That's a great job, buddy. I'll buy it for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's a thousand dollar bill. <laughs> So he's the one, like, everyone's getting, everyone's in peril, and, like, Frank doesn't know what's going on, so he's like, well, I better go get killed. So he flies, (laughs) lands, 
And, you know, honestly, he sees... Is Michael Rooker in peril? How does this... No, 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 no. Here's... Oh, man. Oh, God. Guys, there is so much awesome death in this movie. <laughs> so they're, they're doing their little Lord of the Rings trek through the snow, and they come across... The two <laughs> mountain dudes oh, yeah, yeah. who are about to do some like base jumping off this like snowy mountain. And they're like, Whoa, hey, Rooker Man! And he's like, Get out of here, goddammit, you don't know what's going on. And they just fucking open fire on these two dudes and they start running. One dude gets it right away, and you're like, Alright, well, you know, with that neon snow pants suit on, you're gonna get The other dude decides to like jump off to escape, which is pretty badass. If you're a base jumper, sure. Oh yeah. yeah. That's the only way you like to escape. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go down a staircase. Yeah, I mean you're always pra- you're always practicing for the death defying base jump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The one where you you can't hesitate. You just need to do it. Yep. So this guy does it and he escapes. And the guy's like, ow, fucking son of a bitch. Hope he's not Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) And so this guy, like, makes it kind of. And he's like, oh, no. And just, like, falls into a tree. And he's, like, kind of stuck. And these wolves. (laughs) (laughs) This this hungry pack of wolves just come like Baltoing friends <laughs> come out of the woods and just start nipping at this guy's boots and you're like oh, oh, oh I sure hope Frank doesn't save this guy but he does and it sucks it's actually kind of great because Frank sees what's going on oh no wolves and he lands the chopper and he's, he, he pulls out like a Harry Callahan fucking pistol hey you wolves and starts firing wildly into the air and the wolves are like oh, fine, fine I won't eat it's this Frank one. let's go I will find another meal <laughs> and he saves this dude he cuts him down but what's great is he's like alright I'll, I'll, I'm gonna help you don't worry about it he puts him in the chopper this guy's never seen again in the movie Frank continues to the top of the mountain you don't see what happens to this guy. I think he's like, well, let's see. He's doing the math. Like, if I get Rooker, I get Northern Exposure Lady, and Sly, oh, there's not going to be enough room in this helicopter. Boot. <laughs> he's like, you know what? Wolves, come back. You know, just, 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 just finish him. He's fine. Oh, no! <laughs> so that guy may or may not be dead. I'm pretty sure he's dead. I think he's guy. just dead. Yeah? I think they just toss him so out in the helicopter. Yeah. by yep. a bear somewhere? <laughs> Is that what bears do to assert their dominance? Before they s- decide to eat you. Oh, yeah, they yeah. still fuck yeah. Well, yeah, because they, they won't eat you. Well, because they have to own it first. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they have to mark their turn. They mark their turn. So Frank comes down and just gets shot up. There's a lot of awesome, like, Lenny Holland's not just an action director, but he's kind of an artiste. So maybe, so, maybe sometimes when you're shooting off a machine gun, the whole shot will go silent and you'll just see an old man fall to his death. <laughs> There are also some clever sons of bitches. I mean, this is some, like, wily coyote shit, because what they do is, you see earlier in the movie, they've got these distress smoke signal things, mm-hmm. so it's like when you get to the top, when you get the, you know, you want the chopper to come around and help you, you light this thing up and a bunch of red smoke goes, so the chopper knows where to fly up and get you. So they light one of these things off next to this woman who's laying face down. I thought it was the lady from Die Hard 3 who's like Jeremy Irons' no, she's, buddy. No, she's, uh, whatchamacallit, she's Rob Williams' wife from Hook. Oh. Yes! <laughs> and my own more Rob. You know when uh, Robin Williams is Peter Pan... Fucks, uh, you know, uh, what's her face from Wendy's Wendy? daughter? Yeah, no, but no, he, he, 
he's, he's sleeping with Wendy, and then he goes on to the daughter. He goes he's right... making his way right through. Right through that fucking family tree, man. It's creepy. <laughs> well, I hope he's hit a dead end, because the next stop on that tree is his own daughter. <laughs> you never know. You just never know. Fuck, man. I mean, it's a re-envisioning, so maybe... <laughs> anything goes. Yeah, you're right. It's not accurate to J.M. Barry's original intentions. <laughs> So anyway, this lady, who's not the lady from Die Hard with a Vengeance, is laying face down like, is he here yet? (laughs) (laughs) And then racist British guys kind of just hang him back, and Frank's like, don't worry about it, I'm going to help you, and then I can show you what I painted. (laughs) (laughs) And she like kind of springs up like, ha ha! And this dude blows the shit. I mean, you want to talk about an old man just meeting his maker. It is Frank in Cliffhanger. And it's just sad because he's just like, oh, man. <laughs> like, he's, When you get that far and not get shot in life, and then that's how you go in your 70th year. You're I just was painting all sorts of bananas, eating animals or whatever. He was really, he was going to make the trip back fun. He was going to show them, ah, oh, this is where it goes this way. This is where it goes this way. <laughs> You might not think a helicopter can do a barrel roll, but here we go! (laughs) So he's dead, and Rooker's really pissed off. He looks at racist British guy, and he's like, you and me, man. (laughs) That means fighting. That means fighting. (laughs) For those listening at home, it's it's live podcast. Steve did the two eyes to other two eyes. Yeah, yeah. Our eyes are going to meet eventually in a fight like this. And they start fighting. It's a fantastic fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Minus all the, the racial stuff that's yeah. probably thrown about. Well, then he becomes a football, an ex-football player. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's a he, striker. He is an ex-professional soccer player. That I mean, that just screams to me career-ending knee injury. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That might be what made him a racist. Do you think? Do you think he was like, like he was on like Great Britain's like World Cup team, and they played Ghana, and some dude kicked him and fucked up his knee, and that made him a racist? Well, that's in the novelization of Cliffhanger, <laughs> which is a thousand and fifteen, fifteen hundred pages long. It's just, it's every character's backstory. It's beautiful. He thought back to that day on the pitch in Brazil. The Ghanese defenseman came at him. Lightning speed. I could write that. You could write that right now. Yeah. I'll figure that out. And it's kind of great. So, like, he's got Rooker over the ledge, and he's like, oh, you're probably something I don't like. And he's, like, you know, hitting his hand. And Rooker gets, like, cuts his leg, gets a shotgun, and shoots him, like, four times. It's beautiful. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. And that's thanks to Frank, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's right. Once Frank is laying dying, he's like, here's a knife. I was going to paint it later. <laughs> So Rooker likes, someone is in love with Frank. <laughs> He's a sweet old man. He didn't and deserve anything. It's a disparaging remark I make about that man. Like, oh. <laughs> it's fine. You should be invested in these characters. They're all classic cinema characters. <laughs> And now we're down to, uh, it's kind of great, where it's, it's Travers, and he's like, oh, fuck! And basically, fucking goddamn piece of shit! Everybody's fucking dead! And, like, you know, basically, Travers has this ace up his sleeve. He's like, John Lithgow makes no bones about it. He's like, I'm going to kill you, Travers, eventually. Like, we're working together now, but I'm going to kill you one day. And, like, the only thing he's got in his hand is this PKE meter that tells him where the fuck... Which is impossible. The codes! This code! He, oh. 
he holds it. He holds a map up to a machine that's a PKE reader, and it's just like ah, there it is. But it has the full map there, right after one minute. That's movie science for yeah. you. All the movies. So science. basically, it's like okay, well, I, who who needs who in this situation? He's like, well, I got the fucking code, fuck face, and like. John Lithgow's like, well, I can also fly a helicopter. And his girlfriend's like, well, so can I. He's like, oh, good point, and blows her away. <laughs> now I'm the only way to get off this mountain. It's a really brutal... <laughs> it's a really brutal, like, he just blasts this chick in the back. Yep. And it's like, you can tell it's some John Lithgow, like, he was probably getting a little too into the role because the actress is like... Uh, I'm shot now. And he grabs this woman by the shoulder and just rips her back. And this woman, like a rag doll, is like, and falls on the ground. And you're like, John, I don't know. And then, like, he's like, well, I'm the only helicopter pilot, so now you have to go get the money. And he sits down and does my favorite move in the movie. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. And he has a scarf, and he just goes... <laughs> And like he just rips it off for like three minutes. It's fantastic. As you can tell by the removal of this scarf, we won't be going anywhere. <laughs> so this is Travers versus Stallone. Oh, actually, this is my favorite part. So Travers is following this. He's got this grin. He knows, you know, it's like, you know, it's leading him to the money. And it keeps moving around. It's like, well, what the fuck's going on with the fucking shit? Goddamn money. It's a fucking PK shit. He's just like hitting it, and he looks up, and this rabbit has a little tracer on it. He's like, hello! (laughs) And he's like, oh, you fucking rabbit! And he starts just fucking blasting, just spraying the snowbank. And you're like, oh, goddamn, poor fucking rabbit, man. I kind of want to see the scene where Stallone grabs the rabbit. Hey, rabbit, come here, it's going to be hilarious. No rabbit, I'm serious. You got to stay still. I got to. <laughs> All right, now here's a suitcase of Travis will be looking for the same. <laughs> and this rabbit's like, what? <laughs> so the, I got all this roughage in my pockets. The spraying happens, and then the rabbit comes up like, fuck today, fuck face! <laughs> fuck damn rabbit! Fuck it! And just starts spraying everything. Interesting bit of trivia about this. So apparently in the original cut of Cliffhanger, Travers got this little fucker, right? <clears throat> and you saw this rabbit just... I, I don't know what happens when a Uzi hits a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good. Just to turn into a red cloud and float off to heaven. <laughs> and test audiences were, like, really disgusted by this. And they demanded that that scene be removed from the movie. And I guess at that point, Randy Harlan was like... But the rabbit that gets killed is going to be the crux of the whole story. <laughs> it's so, man versus nature. It's right there. Everyone can see it. Hello, Steve. Isn't, <laughs> isn't it cathartic, Gina? <laughs> so Stallone paid $100,000 out of his own fat pocket to reshoot that whole sequence. But when you look at it, it's like, there's ways to do that without spending $100,000. Maybe leave it up to chance. Or do you think the audiences were so enraged? Like, I need to see that rabbit okay. I, I can't what? even imagine that. Here's an idea. Go to a pet store with $5, <laughs> buy another brown rabbit, and have it go, beep. And that's all you need. Yep. Because no one's going to be like, now wait a second. <laughs> that ain't the same rabbit. That's a brown rabbit, but that's a browner rabbit. <laughs> Yeah, what That's Hollywood wasting its money? What was it? A long take? They couldn't just cut? Yeah, I, I 
don't know, but it happened. So it. Travers is extra pissed off because this rabbit just fucking gave him a brown eye and just walks away. And it's disgusting, isn't it? And yeah, sure. And basically, it's him versus Stallone. Stallone is under ice for some reason, and Tra- Tra- Travers is like, "I'm not you now, you fucker!" And just. He wanders onto yet another Lord of the Rings set. This is, this is an Ewa, This is a village where I expect that red-haired girl from Game of Thrones, like you know nothing, Jon Snow, to go out. <laughs> like it's it's the Wall is where we are right yeah, now. They are at the Wall. Like he walks in, and everything, by the way, is outside. They shot this in some mountain range in Italy. It's all like very beautiful outside shooting, except when they get to this thing where it's like this mystical ice-covered bridge. <laughs> And like a frozen creek, and you're like, what movie did I just fall into? <laughs> and yeah, Stallone is hiding under the. He fucking breaks out and just starts firing. He's like, oh no, cocksucker! <laughs> and they fall into the water, and it's like a whole big fight, and then Travers is the one who goes down the creek <laughs> under the water. And s- saying cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> But we should talk about the ending, because it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Not to spoil anything, but Sylvester Stallone's girlfriend gets kidnapped. Uh, (laughs) It just, it happened. Her worst fear. (laughs) (laughs) No, I hate when that happens. She, like, got out of bed, like, "Eh, you know, sure, but I'm getting kidnapped today. (laughs) It's Tuesday, bad day for kidnapping, got a lot of stuff to do tomorrow. It's cold out. Horses need tending. Fucking <laughs> son of a bitch, Gabe isn't around. Yeah, hey, I don't want to see Gabe. I hope I don't see him today. Rather, you know what, actually? I'm sorry, God. I'd rather get kidnapped than see Gabe. <laughs> then so, it both happens, and she's like really pissed at God. I, I, wouldn't you be? Yeah. And I don't want to see that fucking deadbeat. It's the 90s, so the hero and the villain have to talk to each other via walkie-talk, and he's like, I've got your ghost alone! And he's like, oh, no, fuck. So it's like, meet me on Devil's Peak and give me the money. Because there's a third, the third batch of money, finally, Stallone's got. He didn't burn it. He didn't eat it. He's got it on his backpack, right? He took it from the super suitcase and put it in a rucksack. Exactly. He's a man of nature. <laughs> and, you know, he, he goes up to the, the peak and he's like, throw it in the helicopter! And he's like, that's how he says helicopter. So he's like, got the money. He's like, all right, no, I want to make one thing clear. How did you get kidnapped again? <laughs> and she's like apologizing from the helicopter. She's like, I'm sorry, so I feel like he came up and it was a helicopter and I thought it was Frank, but then he didn't have his easel with him. But that was too late. And he told me to get in, so I got in. Like, it's impossible that she gets kidnapped in this movie. No, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, ridiculous. It's, it's, it's off screen, too. Yeah. Just, don't do off screen kidnappings. I want to see that shit. Don't give me surprise no. racism or off screen kidnapping. No, thank you. That's no, two no, thank you. And, you know, basically, she runs away, and Stallone. Because he is a fucking. He's a socialist in this film. He's got $100 million, and he throws it in the helicopter blade. Blows it right up, and fucking Lithgow is furious. You know what, though? Uh, he is. But do you think he would have been more upset if Stallone had some line like, Can you break a hundred million? There's one time where we're gonna yeah. have a quiff, and he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> 
And up it goes. It's not as good, but we do get a oh damn you, Walker! <laughs> oh god damn you, Walker! <laughs> He's furious about it. Which at this point, also, by the way, John Lithgow as Quartermain or whatever his name is. Quaylen. Quaylen. It's <laughs> the real name. Eric Quaylen. Eric Quaylen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At that point, your money's all gone. You have a helicopter, and this man who's your rival is on the ground. Mm-hmm. Just kick that woman out of the helicopter and fly away. Yep. You can't do anything. You're done. Yeah, it's over with. But he's, now he's like filled with rage and revenge. Power. Yeah, and like somehow the helicopter crashes almost. It's like hanging from a thing, and Eric uh, and uh, Lithgow and Stallone are finally going mano a mano, which is what you really wanted to see in an action movie. Yeah, I want to see Sylvester Stallone beat the shit out of an old theater actor. <laughs> As if it's going to be any kind of challenge whatsoever. And the thing is he does. He's yeah. really got. He's got his number, actually. I want, that scene needs to start with like, okay, Quaylen, my feet, legs, arms, and wrists are all broken. My back is strained, and I'm blind. Let's do this. Ha! That's how he fights. This scratches him. He's <laughs> kind of a claw. <laughs> he is. Like Stallone's doing Stallone stuff, and he's like. <laughs> He's on his head like a cat. He's like trying to get his mouth open. He's like, oh fuck! I'm going to make you eat snow. The folks at home shoveling snow. Absolutely. And I mean, basically, uh, you're in the lady or on top, like get him. They're really not doing anything. The helicopter's hanging. Yeah, it's from, uh, there's there's a lot of really strong cables in this movie. Mm-hmm. Now I know in the sports activity of rock climbing, you need like strong ropes and yeah. whatnot, and holders, yeah, yeah, carabiniers. But how do you have a thing on board that is strong enough to hold a helicopter off the side of a mountain? I have no idea. I don't either. It's terrifying. Are those real? That's a movie thing. That's a, a movie thing. And basically, he, ch- he drops from the sky, and you know, the thing explodes, and now he's dead, and they're, we're happy. And, and that's the end of the movie. That's yeah. really just literally the end of the film. That's Cliffhanger, everybody. Thanks for coming out.